Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I'm your host, Shy Way. Good to be back. Always lots to talk about in the world of competitive Halo. And of course, let's start with a couple of announcements from UGC today. If you're a fan of OG Halo, Halo 1, we've got a nice 2v2 tournament starting up. And you got to go to UGCesports.gg to actually check this out. For all the OG Halo fans, it'll be a 2v2 tournament called Double Down with 32 teams, single elimination brackets. Something awesome to check out. And no confirmation on a prize pool just yet, but hopefully we will have one very near in the future and of course the halo winter series with the one thousand dollar prize pool week two signups are starting now also on ugcesports.gg but let's get into the actual theme of the episode today we got a very interesting theme to talk about and hopefully you guys in the chat are there to engage with us as well but we'll be talking about competitive settings in halo and of course with all these games today of course apex legends just came out massive game 25 million players 2 million concurrent players this is one week after launch but it seems like there's a trend in games these days with a fast-paced style of gameplay. And while that works for some games, for others, it kind of affects that, that strategy and balance aspect of games. You wonder whether or not it can be applied to everything. So that's where we get to our topic today. And of course, I have two very knowledgeable, very talented guests on our show today. The first guest that we're going to chat with is Saiyan. Saiyan, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Happy to have you, man. Thank you. Yeah, so it was actually just to kind of reveal the uh, the reasoning behind the idea for the episode in the first place, but saying you're the one who inspired me to do it because I had made this video. If you guys haven't checked it out, highly recommend. It was about the clamber mechanic in Halo 5 and whether or not clamber works in competitive Halo, whether or not it provides a skill gap as well. And just being a, an interesting topic of discussion, we figured we'd expand it a little bit more so and have a, a bit of an interview in the process. Um, so great to actually be able to chat with you, San. Yep. And I wanted to, of course, start from the very beginning here, uh, your competitive career in Halo 5. Of course, you, you rose through the ranks pretty quick. I'm just going to have to guess that you've been grinding Halo for a very long time before that. So how did you first get into competitive Halo? Well, I really did only start competitive Halo, uh, really taking it seriously, because I always played Halo casually, just like me and my friends and my big brother, who he was very much more into competitive during the Halo 3 days. But nice. I started taking uh, competitive Halo seriously in Halo 5 in the summer of 2016. Okay. And uh, that's when I really, I was looking for a job. I couldn't get a normal job. I was just trying to apply everywhere. Have no experience. I wasn't 18 yet. And so I, I just dedicated my time to that, uh, that matchmaking in Halo 5. And that's just what I put my time into while I uh, had nothing else better to do over the summer. So did that. I was like, I'm just going to get good. And that's what I did. And I just kept on playing and just got some notoriety in matchmaking. You make it sound so easy right now. Let's go even. <laughs> let's go even farther back though, because uh, you definitely. It's not your first Halo game, right? What was your first experience no. with Halo? What got you into Halo in the first place? Because, yeah. Oh, sorry to cut you off. I no, no worries. Too, but uh, my my first Halo is Halo One, and my brother got me started when he was. Uh, I want to say he was ten years old or eleven years old whenever nice. he got his hands on it, and uh, I was four. He's we got like a seven year difference, but I was four years old when I first. I uh, got a controller in my hands, and of course I wasn't that good, but I was just playing. But yeah, Halo 1 was my first Halo. Damn. I played a whole lot of customs with them. Yeah, and you just fall Wait. in love with it from there. And yeah. uh, that's that's probably the secret sauce, though, too, is just starting from, at four four years old, you can barely hold a controller, because your hands yeah. even, you're, you're holding like the Duke, right? Yes. Your hands wouldn't even yes. fit around that thing. <laughs> 
but then you're just like born and bred for for Halo esports, basically. Um, but but then as far as Halo Five goes, you said that you kind of just started grinding matchmaking. Was there like a specific way that you rose through the ranks in the game? Because like going back on your wiki here, it seems that like you started out on the squad contagious with Trippy, Firebird, and Chasers. So these are already really great players. How how did this happen? How did you start to be recognized in Halo? Was there a specific you know way that you did that? Uh, I mean, it just all began with just grinding the game i just had my name in those uh matchmaking lobbies and i was probably one of the players that was just playing seven eight hours a day and so if some pro players were playing they probably saw my name i was playing enough so i was getting pretty good and they recognized that and uh for that contagious team it really started with me and trippy and he and i just kind of got into like an eights lobby uh i really didn't play much of eights all i really did was just grind matchmaking and i started getting a lot of people right telling me, uh, oh, I should get a team, I should get a team. Uh, uh, you're pretty good, you should get a team. And so I thought about it, I was like, yeah. And then there's this one, uh, my first like team, quote unquote, was uh, was myself, Fear Noia. Um, I can't remember the other names. But me and Fear Noia, he was like my matchmaking buddy that we, uh, we played Halo 5 a lot together. Okay. And he had a couple buddies, and then we would all just play matchmaking, and then we were just like, we should just play. And of course, we're amateurs, and then we play on other amateur teams, and we were getting better and better, and so we got better scrims. And then that's when I got into the eight lo eights lobbies, because I was getting a little bit more serious, so I wanted to be playing competitive games rather than just matchmaking all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I played with like Trippy and some other like top amateurs, and uh, me and Joey started talking, he was like, yeah, we should try and make a team. And so that's just where it all began, was that eights lobby. So you guys met each other in AIDS lobby. You've been teaming together pretty much every team since. There were a couple points like on Luminosity where you guys split yeah. off, but then you came back together. Reciprocity, your final team, like you guys were playing together again. So would you say you're like a, a duo? You guys work really well together as teammates? Yeah, I would say that. I would say uh, that me and Joey are a duo. And uh, I feel like we kind of have a very similar sort of mentality. Uh, we're mm -hmm. both good players and we both take criticism pretty well. And we know that even though we're good, we can get better. And I feel like that's what, uh, he and I really like about each other and that we really don't have an ego, especially not with each other. We treat each other as equals and we just get better, we get better yeah. and uh, critique each other. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because, you know, duos are not an uncommon trend in competitive Halo. It actually seems to be kind of a, an interesting way to, I mean, not only to get on teams, but improve your own skill and your mindset, and your motivation to push forward is to always have that buddy, that duo, that guy who's got the same kind of play style, same kind of mindset that, like, you can play off of and kind of subtly compete mm -hmm. with as well to continue to get better. Is that, yeah. I guess that's kind of how it works, right? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree very much so with that. And even though it never is something that you really bring up, uh, verbally with each other about right. being like a rival but it's just kind of like that like we're buddies we play and like we'll kind of shit talk each other just a little bit but just yeah. to mess around just to kind of like push each other that much more not even intentionally but just it's just how it works out and you kind of get a better connection with just one other person as well to kind of have that one rival but also your duo yeah yeah exactly and I, I mean the ultimate example is probably like the Roy and Lunchbox and those guys trash talk each other all the oh, time yeah. there's there's definitely you know some rivalry there at times too so I they're, totally understand they're it they're peak they're peak <laughs> rivalry they really yeah. are peak rivalry yeah we, we all want to be just like that right yeah <laughs> Um, so, uh, your career in Halo 5 continued to push forward. Like I said, you made it on Luminosity, you were on Reciprocity, or sorry, Envy, and then Reciprocity, where you're alongside Snipedown, Ola, Trippy, so one of the best teams in Halo 5 at the end. Looking back on Halo 5, of course, you were there the entire time. What did you think about, you know, your experience competing in H5 and, and how that went with the transitions and the updates and everything? Uh, I would say my experience with H5 was pretty much the entire time I enjoyed it. I really kind of 
that passion was starting to die out just a little bit because it was taking a little too long for things to start changing. Right. Uh, but through the transitions, it was just it was getting better and better. I really wish the settings that we had towards the end is how it started because I feel like the community and just the people that wanted to play the game, it could have been so much better, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And uh, that's what really kept me along was we just kept getting better competitive settings. And it was really nice transitioning and also getting hands-on with like the people at the HCS team and talking with them and trying to work with uh, the details about what we need to change and what we needed to add and just talking to the other players as well. It was, it was really uh, it was a really great opportunity. I'm glad I'm a part of this community. Yeah, for sure. So when did that start happening? You you started working, I guess, with 343 in a way to try to test new settings and and at, at some point did that, I guess, kind of fall off a bit? You were saying it, it started taking too long to, to make the necessary changes? Yeah, because we had that, well, of course it took a year and a half to get ARs, automatics, radar off. Right, that's, just, that's a, yeah. It took way too long, but then, of course, I I think it was just the general consensus that people wanted to see pistols or just some sort of a... Uh, rifle or something besides an AR as a main weapon that we start off with, a more competitive right. uh, primary weapon. Uh, that was just like a general consensus. I think that we really didn't test that out. That was just like, that's what's going to be happening. And that's happened after the second world championship, I believe. Right. And from then on, um, each season was kind of set with the settings uh, beforehand, but we had like a sort of leading up to the season, we had maybe like a month or a few weeks. And this really started to um, become a thing after the third world championship back in April. That's okay. when we started to get even more hands-on and a lot more dialogue with uh, the HCS team. And uh, we got a lot more. It, it, it kind of was bad, though, because uh, a lot of people had a bit of a predisposition to the HCS team because they had oh, these kind of meetings to discuss settings and things did not go the way they really uh, wanted them to go earlier in the life cycle of competitive H5, but yeah. uh, they really did start to bring it back and start listening to the pros and the community a lot more towards the end. And so that's why I say if we just started out like that, I, H5 could be in such a great state. We probably could be playing it now in some yeah. different settings, but that's besides the point, that's hindsight. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it was, it, we did get the opportunity to work with the HCS team before the seasons for uh, quite a while to get that, some good competitive settings. Yeah. Yeah. And that is really interesting. And it, like, like you said, it's, you know, how quickly can they, can they adopt to things like this and start applying that right off the bat? Like if we can get settings like this, we can get that type of communication right from day one that completely changes the game. So it yeah. sounds great. It sounds like a great initiative that we finally had a bit more of a connection. You get the pros trying out the settings, directly communicating with 343, and then you have results. So if we can do that from day one with Halo Infinite, like this is oh, a yeah. totally different game. So, uh, so Absolutely. I hope that they continue to apply that. And of course they're showcasing uh, like a lot of ways that they're, they're trying to, you know, reach out to the Halo community because now things have switched back over to Halo 3 and you've been competing in Halo 3 as well. What do you think about this transition over to H3? How do you do you enjoy competing in it right now? Uh, I can't say I like extremely enjoy it. I enjoy just having certain aspects of H3, like being able to compete in it. And that even though I didn't have like the full nostalgia goggles in a way coming mm-hmm. back to it because I was so young back then, I didn't really follow up with like the competitive scene back then. But right. I'm enjoying competing in H3, especially more so on the LAN aspect. Online is its own beast, but it still is what it is. Um, but I'm, I am enjoying it, and it's still just it's a process. I, I mean, people just have years of experience on top of me, and uh, I'm just having to kind of work my way up, but it is what it is. I've had to do it before, and it's not too big of a problem. It's just going to take some time, but it's been, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. 
that kind of seems like the dilemma with the entire Elevate squad is all you guys are young guns and you all kind of started later in the life of Halo and you're trying to come back to H3 and pick up and catch up to some of these OG pros. So yep. has that has that been like a pretty good experience with you guys uh, grinding together? Yeah, I would say so, especially with the uh, the squad coming into St. Louis. We really we just couldn't practice as much as we wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, and there was some complications with the team that we were trying to go with and then had to uh, pick up somebody else. And so we just really did not get much time together, but we are still able to come out top eight, considered like nice. the pro level in our first event, our first H3 event. So it felt it was a great feeling and we got better the entire weekend at St. Louis and it just shows that like we have the capability, like we play Halo at the highest level, Halo yeah. 5, Halo, whatever Halo game it is, we were still playing at the highest level and that we can work our way back up and be at that like highest possible gameplay level. Yeah, yeah. And something I think that rings true between all Halo titles is the highest level of play, the same kinds of discipline are required still. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, you pick up that skill, that knack for Halo, you can apply it to other Halo titles. And yes, there are stark differences between the games, and that's what we're about to get into here. Um, but I, I know you've also been jumping around between the titles. You said uh, you've been playing the uh, the 1v1, the head-to-head -head playlist in Halo 5 as well, and saying that that should be in Halo 3. What do you think of that playlist right now? Uh, currently in the MCC playlist, I think it's very underutilized i think there is just like how they got rid of the 2v2 playlist i think there's just the community that is there yeah that wants it there and as well for 1v1s and 1v1s is in another beast entirely as well because it's just pure who has the better shot who can work the advantages better yeah. and it's just pure gun skill and it's just fun and it's intense and it's quick uh even for a game that doesn't have like all kinds of mechanics it's just it's fast hardcore kind of gameplay if it mm -hmm. is like competitive players but that's what i said at least is we need competitive settings for these 1v1 playlists because i think that's what people would enjoy yeah. even more so and i gotta say with like my my viewer count went way up because i've been trying to still stream consistently for 4v4s and i still get some viewers but that 1v1 playlist got me a lot more viewers and i think there's a it's still kind of niche but it is still a community that people would want to watch this kind of gameplay and i think deserves as well as the 2v2 deserves the kind of spot and rank yeah yeah no it's really interesting and i i think that they they did a good job with the mcc matchmaking in that you can very specifically like select your parameters so you could do a 1v1 but it's not like a dedicated competitive 1v1 playlist so i'm yeah. curious to see if they can implement something like that in halo 3 as well i think that'd be a great way to like highlight individual player skill and it's a great way to grind too i find 1v1 is one of the best ways to improve individually because you're forced to confront Absolutely. those battles you're forced to have the best shot you're forced to have the best reticle positioning things like that so i i love that i hope that they, uh, yeah. they can apply that more um, so let's talk about competitive settings now a little bit as well. And guys, the way that I've kind of worked, like just put this together is, uh, is I've listed a whole number of things that relate to competitive settings across Halo and, uh, saying, I'm just curious to pick your brain on all of them and see what you think about all of this stuff and whether or not things should change and how they should be. Um, but we'll start pretty basic. Something that's been in Halo forever since day one is 4v4. I'm assuming you would, uh, you'd think it'd still stay 4v4. Could they go up to 5v5 or... I, I believe that Halo needs to kind of remain, in that competitive sense, needs to remain an arena shooter. And I think for it to be a true arena shooter, it needs to keep that sort of compact style of map design. Mm -hmm. And I think that 4v4 is the way that it should remain. Right. Add, adding more players would make things even more frantic. And I yeah. think 343 has enough 
issues yes. and things they want to fix. Yeah. So adding another player to the yeah to the roster probably make things a little difficult. Difficult. Um, and then as far as weapon starts now, when it came to like reach Halo Four, they tried to do things a little different by giving you options for different weapon starts, and I feel like that did not blow over well. Uh, same weapon start seems to work the best for yes. arena shooters, and it's nice that they went back to that with H Five. I think yeah, we can agree that they should stick with Absolutely. the same weapons starting, so everybody has the same advantages, same capabilities off the start of the game. But then you get into the topic of like BR versus AR starts. So what do you think it should be going into Halo Infinite? Should we have a BR instead? I believe that... Not AR, for, sorry, versus Magnum or something. Gotcha, okay. So I believe that for competitive settings, uh, it needs to be a sort of precision weapon. I, I think that's the most competitive. It requires the most skill, and it can give you the... It can give you great opportunities to sort of break out of setups and not be having to always bring that close quarter in with like an AR. Right. And I think like a BR, for example, is like the perfect weapon and is the staple of Halo for a competitive weapon that should be re-implemented back in because I just I feel like it gives you great close quarter kind of shots and it requires a lot of skill. Can't just spam it. Yeah. You have to aim precisely and it you can also get that mid to long range shots, much more difficult, but it gives you that sort of opportunity so that you're not just getting completely trapped in your spawns or whatever with whatever crappy close quarter kind of weapon you have. So right, right. I believe the I believe the battle rifle would be the best uh, competitive <clears throat> weapon, uh, starting weapon. Yeah, and and sorry, that was definitely a mistake on my part. Definitely no ARs or anything competitive play. That was my an accident that I brought that up. Uh, it was more BR versus Magnum, and I agree. I think BR should be the future starting weapon for Infinite. I think one of the biggest things, even just beyond competitive play, is the game has to look like Halo. You need to see it and immediately recognize that it's Halo, and BR is just such an iconic weapon in this game Absolutely. that just from that, just from the visual aspect alone, it makes sense to, to have it in the game. Yep. Um, now, the thing is with the BR is that it's a three-shot burst, right? And three shots kind of adds that that area of ambiguity, like like possibility of inconsistency, where you don't know if your full burst is hitting the target. That's the only thing that I'm kind of worried about, whether or not that could come into play. Whereas with precision weapons like Magnum, DMR, you know if you got the shot. Although I say that, and blanks were still a thing in Halo yeah. 5. So I guess it's not completely avoidable. Um, but the next step there would be projectile versus hit scan. Could you see them going to something like a projectile style of shot with the BR, kind of like Halo 3? Um, realistically, I don't see that being an option. I think projectile kind of is a dated, especially in an arena shooter, because arena shooter, like you, that is, like I mentioned, I believe the arena shooter needs to be more compact kind of maps more rather than being like, like we're not playing on a BTB maps. Like mm -hmm. we don't need projectile. Like that is a skill on its own to lead shots. Like in a BR game currently, like you have projectile bullets that you need to lead and that's a skill on its own. But we're playing in arena. I think hit scan is the way, but I think the one problem that Halo 5 had was uh, how it's almost too consistent in a way and too forgiving with how the magnetism and the right. aim assist is with the Magnum because, I mean, Magnum, it's still skillful. It's still precision. I still think it took skill to shoot your gun in that game, but I think it was a little too forgiving in certain circumstances where you kind of just flick around yeah. and it just still catches on people and the bullets still curve around some corners a little too easily. And I think with a BR that is more hit scan uh, than like the H3BR, and has maybe a tighter spread so the bullets aren't just spraying in random directions, right. but has a little bit less magnetism and aim assist. I feel like that could be a little bit more competitive because it gives you a little bit more, uh, a little bit slower kill time. But if you're hitting the shots, like you're going to hit the shots and it's still going to be fast. Right. But that, that is the skillful part of it. Like you're not getting the free shots because of the uh, aim assist and reticle uh, just being so forgiving. So I, I think hit scan with some tweaks to the aiming mechanics would be the right answer in my opinion 
Yeah, yeah. I, his hand definitely makes sense for competitive shooters. He gives you the best, like, most recognizable feedback on your shots, right? Yeah. Now, the cool thing about Halo is they could still have a nice balance of projectile versus hit scan because they don't necessarily have to have a projectile BR. They could have their plasma weapons be projectile. Yeah. It just depends on what weapons they plan on bringing into competitive play and how those weapons work and how important they are and things like that. But I think projectile-style shooting is still a possibility and can still be well-balanced into the yeah. game as long as it's not just as, as simple as, like, a plasma caster or something which is yeah. kind of ridiculous at times um, but even more of the basic plasma rifle type weapons might be tweaked in a way that, to make them interesting because i i think one of the biggest things about halo 3 having projectile based shots that made it so entertaining was just how gratifying the gunplay was because of the fact that the shots were projectile based and there's so much skill that came down from understanding the timings that you needed yeah. to fire the shot and, and yeah absolutely agree yeah, so so having maintaining some of that, but maybe not making your first, your primary weapon have that as like a yeah. necessity, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that there's a good balance they can strike there. But with Halo 5 was interesting because the BR, like you said about magnetism, the BR was so powerful in the beginning of Halo, yes. but it was way more satisfying to use in the BR that they updated later, right? Oh, Which yeah. Which is kind of inconsistent. Yeah. So they need to find a middle ground there where it has that satisfaction, but it can't be, like you said, too easy um, and too much magnetism. And I guess one of the reasons why they had the magnetism is because because of all the advanced movement and the quick abilities yes. in this game to try to compensate. So then mm -hmm. that makes me think, okay, what can they do in regards to movement to tone that down a little so that the guns can shine a little more, they can be more difficult to fire, Yeah, right? Um, I, uh, I fully believe that the gameplay of Halo really is the gunplay. I don't think, I, of course, I fully am on board with like there being movement and advanced movement in certain regards. Uh, for competitive Halo, I think it has its own sort of a uh, skill set to it. Definitely. But the the main aspect of Halo has always been the gunplay, the shots, the strafes, the core mechanics of just outplaying your opponent through just like the simple movements and the yeah. little minute like skill set that you have with just shooting your gun and moving your character. Yeah. Um, I I can see, uh, really, what I see and what I think should happen is keeping thrust and. Maybe such things as like an auto stabilize in from Halo Five. Those are the abilities I feel like that are that could be very much a shoe in for competitive. Maybe some tweaks, but really, I think those are like the core movement mechanics. I agree with from Halo Five that I think could very well stay in. For Let's um yeah let's we'll we'll address those. Let's look at all of those one at a time as well. Um, I also have the question of maps as well for Halo. It's kind of a harder question to answer though. Um, because I guess it depends on the abilities that you have as well. Like Halo 5 had a lot of variants in maps, like some of them that people really hated and some of them that people loved. And, and ones that were loved tend to not be symmetrical. Like I love Plaza, but it's not a symmetrical map. Or like yeah. Echelon kind of worked for Oddball, but it wasn't symmetrical, right? And then you have uh, like the Pit, which is freaking amazing in Halo 3, and that's a perfectly symmetrical map. Symmetrical map. So where do you kind of find the balance there? And I guess that might rely on the abilities. Yeah, I think symmetrical maps is more so the the key to being a good arena shooter, especially in the Halo realm, I feel like the the sort of symmetrical maps has always been a staple mm -hmm. that really was the most competitive because you there is no disadvantageous state just for being in a location. It's like you're dis you're in a disadvantage because of the state the team is putting the pressure in on like right. your spawns like per se. But on like Plaza, it's just you're stuck in blue. They're at sniper. They're at uh, tram and in yard right. it's like where are you gonna go what are you right. gonna do it's it's almost impossible against the top team it's almost impossible to break out of that setup on the first try very easily just purely on shooting your guns like you have to make plays with the movement 
or just kind of getting lucky sometimes based on like where you decide to move to. And I feel like that's how it was with like such matches, uh, such maps as the Rig, Plaza. Uh, what else? Um, kind of Eden, I guess. Eden is. Right. Yeah, it's not exactly symmetrical, it's not but really it's enough. it's not. But uh, yeah, it, uh, I feel like the maps really kind of crutched on, or like the competitive of the maps kind of crutched on the mechanics and getting almost kind of lucky with how you move around the map rather than just being able to hit your shots being able to work together even mm. though of course you still have to work together in halo 5 like that isn't a thing right, where you right. can just do things solo but i feel like it's much more of a staple on symmetrical maps in my right opinion. so from a standpoint of balance symmetricality makes the most sense right because you don't yeah. have sections of maps that are weaker than other sections and, and you don't get those spawn trap type scenarios like you said in plaza where people are stuck in the weakest area of the map where the while well, the other you know players are holding the better spots and yeah. you know kind of limiting their options so I, I get that yeah from a balance perspective it definitely makes sense and i like the point that you raised about gunplay being the main staple in halo and it's interesting because that makes me kind of torn i'm the type of person who loves movement in video games but yeah i i didn't fully appreciate halo 3 when it was in its prime for that gunplay aspect i came into halo 5 having a background in like wall bouncing and gears and high tech yeah. skill and smash yeah. bros melee so i come into halo 5 and i'm like damn there's so much tech in the movement here and it's so exciting but like you said you're correct gunplay was the main staple of competitive halo and always has been and a lot of these mechanics kind of take away from gunplay in that aspect they were part yeah. of the put your gun down instead of fire shots so Let's uh, let's talk a bit about those mechanics then. Uh, let's take a look at sprint, for example, which is the one of the most hotly debated topics yep. in, uh, in Halo. So, what do you think about sprint uh, in as far as it works in Halo? Halo so, 5? sprint, I, I to be completely honest, out front, it's just I don't think it belongs in competitive. I can see it being very viable for other options, like if they were to have a BR or if they have the BTB, they have the war zone, like they have those big maps. You need sprint. Like, mm -hmm. that is the viable option for moving around, uh, unless you have, like, 150% base movement speed. But that's just unrealistic. Like, sprint is just a natural sort of movement to get around big areas. But, like, I feel like Halo, like I mentioned before, is a arena, compact, kind of smaller map shooter. And I don't think, like, with Halo 5, the maps had to be enlarged just for the sake of sprint. They right, wanted right. sprint in. They wanted the abilities in. They had to make the map taller. They had to make it. Uh, much larger and just wider to move around around those abilities and I feel like that just kind of like I said I, th I just feel like it takes away from the gunplay just the base movement speed that those shots that you can hit mm -hmm. when you have to move around clamber sprint with your gun down to get to these positions that you need to get in uh, quickly and I feel like sprint kind of just yeah and on top of that sprint really I feel like is a crutch for uh, living now I feel like there could be ways that sprint could be tweaked uh, to be much more uh, balanced. Because I feel okay. like in this game, it was, or in Halo 5, it was very, very easy to be one shot and then just get away. Just get away right. super easily, clean getaway. And then before Spartan Charge and Ground Pound were taken out, it was even worse. easier, even yeah. worse. Yeah. And I feel like that is it's a skill in its own set, but it, I just feel like it's, it's not really like a skill. It didn't add to the sort of meta. It was just, I feel like, in a way, it's a cop-out, in my mm. opinion. It's just that it's too easy. I feel like it was way too easy to just get around, move around, slip away. Even though, like, when you're in the moment, it's satisfying, obviously. You're one shot. There's three people looking at you. You sprint away. You thrust slide. You clamber. You do some stabilized jump to get away. And it's like, yeah. oh, I just got away. That's so great. But it's just from that competitive standpoint, it's like that guy was in such a bad position. 
He was <laughs> doing the dumbest play he could possibly make. And he's still there. And now he just gets away. Yeah, and it's yeah. like now he disrupted. He took away our attention from this one place, and he got to do this. And he got to take our attention. He got weak, and now we're probably weak, and we're in bad positions because we're, we're trying to collapse on him. And now he slips away, and now all yeah. of a sudden we're out of place, out of the advantage state that we had being the better team in the moment, like having the good positions. And now that kind of just takes away from what I believe is the skillful gunplay that should be taking place. And he dies and then you work from there. But right, right, right. It totally makes sense. Um, the one thing that you pointed out that I thought was kind of interesting though, was that you said that in competitive play, we shouldn't have sprint, but in other game types, you might need sprint like a big team battle or something that are much larger, which is interesting. Cause I, I feel like the best version of halo is a version where you somehow have one standard, like one, yeah. you know, type of like, you don't mix it up too much where like you go into competitive and all of a sudden half your abilities are gone or something. You know what I mean? So it, yes. it's difficult. Cause how can they, how can they, you know, create gameplay that's just across the board the same and and works well in all these game types? And I, I think even without sprint, you'd still have effective, fast-paced gameplay. I think it depends on how you, you know, you use other mechanics like the thrust and things like that. Yes. How they work in gameplay as well could could change things. Yeah. Um, a lot of great points that you brought up about the sprint and and how it kind of creates these kind of, I guess, get a get out of jail free scenarios basically where you should be punished for certain things and you make it out alive. And Halo Five does have a cool balance where it does take a lot of skill in those situations to make it out and there are drawbacks and punishments to sprinting and stuff yeah. like that but ultimately yes you do get in scenarios where it just kind of seems a little cheesy it doesn't quite it really highlights the individual skill of that one player rather than the overall strategic aspect of halo that we've come yeah. to know and love kind of so I, I do feel like sprint is one of those mechanics and here's my issue with sprint as well which is an issue that i feel like a lot of people don't really talk about i don't like how sprint forces a different control scheme like it forces this like this call of duty universal standard mm. control scheme that we always expect to see from shooters simply by having sprint in the game like if you look at your default controls it looks like you're playing call of duty just by looking at your controller and i don't like that because we know halo doesn't play anything like call of duty and if you play default for more than 10 minutes you'll realize that your crouch is in the wrong freaking place and yep. your sprint shouldn't be on the left stick it's an ability it's not like as it's not as important as they make it seem like it should be with your left stick click so stuff like that kind of bothers me because it's like forcing people into this mentality that halo is like call of duty when in actuality it's it's very different it plays very differently the controls shouldn't be like this on top of the fact that sprint adds an extra button to your layout altogether and just kind of makes things overall confusing and, and whatnot so what i've been thinking just to kind of expand on this mm -hmm. is um is what about the spring jump can the spring jump kind of improving that can you kind of eliminate some of the redundancies that you have with sprint because what i was thinking is if you don't have sprint what do you lose you lose the slide you lose the thrust slide you lose the super jump that comes from the thrust slide and the stabilized jump all these yep. these ways to get high elevation right which yep. they were difficult to pull off they work pretty well but the interesting thing is that the spring jump is capable of all of that stuff you can spring thrust you can spring stabilize you can you can get to those heights of elevation and it's even more difficult to pull off so by not having sprint you kind of eliminate that redundancy and you force players to adopt the spring jump instead which is even more difficult and may not have the same type of, uh, you know, effectiveness in the high level. You might not be able to mm -hmm. get away as easily as you can with just a sprint. Yeah. The whole, the whole. I think the reason why uh, a lot of these abilities really get a bad rep uh, is just because the whole conglomerate of them all being together in, say, like Halo Five. It's not that we just have sprint; it's that we have sprint, thrust, and slide all in the same kit, all mm -hmm. at once. And then on top of that, they already mentioned this way back that like thrust sliding was not intended to right. be in the game at all. It's a glitch. 
you have mm-hmm. to turn off you have to turn off a setting to then be able to utilize a very like the biggest change in meta in a halo game because now you are cha- you're pretty much putting your influence across the map at a speed that it is not intending at all so when you're getting two three dead and you're thrust sliding at that last guy and then everyone else can be thrust sliding at the new spawners it's like you're creating a whole new speed that this game wasn't intended at all mm. and on top of that i feel like this like that slide mechanic just with sprint it just kind of gets that sort of rep because they're all just locked in they're just all grouped together and yeah. it just kind of it kind of makes it a little bit more gimmicky with depending on like how you can combo these different things together uh, especially with clamber with like say spring jumping spring jumping don't mind it i like it except when there's a glitch that you can do it constantly every single time guaranteed oh the sport scoreboard thing is so broken i hate exactly and it was scoreboard. not banned it was there was no there really there really was no complaints because it was kind of like a newer thing towards the end of the third world championship back in april yep. that's when everyone was starting to use it a lot yep and it's just like it, it becomes so game-breaking when I'm on rig, I'm tower three, I'm the one in the advantages, I'm in the good spot. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm keeping you trapped at, like, barrels or carbine spawn or whatever. Yeah. And now you get to somehow, say you sneak past me on scatter, you get around outside the map, and then you get to bottom tower. Now you get yeah. this spring jump glitch, clamber up to top tower without me seeing you at all, if I'm not checking it constantly. Mm-hmm. And then say I have a sniper or scatter, now you just get a free back smack. Now you just toppled the entire ad- like advantage of the team I'm on. And it's just, that is one of those things. It's like, it takes a skill to a degree, I guess, only if like you're not using those kind of mechanics or like using like the scoreboard glitch, for the example. Exploits. The exploits. And yeah, I feel, I feel like there's a clear difference between those exploits and also like BXRing and BXBing and whatever and those kind of button combos. But right. it's just the, it's just the full combination of these like, using clamber with spring jumping it's just it and also it's these players these competitive players are the ones that are finding this out it's not the team at 343 that's finding this out and it really just kind of completely topples the intended way of play right i feel like when that it's okay because obviously the competitive players like they're gonna break the game they're gonna it's gonna gonna happen it's gonna develop it's just gonna happen yeah but when such things like that i feel like they're just completely uh game breaking entirely and uh I don't know. I it's just the whole mixture of everything in one that really I think is what is bad for the game. Yeah. Yeah. I actually uh and you're forced to adopt them as well. That's the thing is that I I've, I've seen you do a couple scoreboard spring jumps and probably exactly. against your own will yeah. there is uh I was watching you on the rig. I think it was the final uh one of the final championship matches in the rig and you fell from Whitehall to basement window and immediately spring jump back up the little ledge that you can grab to get up to rail and you basically yep. just did this whole freaking dipsy doodle thing where I think you stayed alive with camo just by doing that fall yep. down and scoreboard spring jump back up and just cheat I, totally. I completely was against <laughs> it and i hated it and i was seeing yeah. everyone use it in competitive yeah. like in tournament play like grand finals and i'm like freaking pissed looking at it yeah. and i'm seeing yeah. people do this stuff and then i think it was right after the right after april and i was like all right screw it i'm doing it too because yeah. i see everyone doing it i really haven't practiced my spring jumps because i was just using just i was just doing normal mechanics i was doing whatever yeah but i was like it's becoming too key too key mm-hmm. of mechanic and too in uh too large of an influence on the meta to not be able to use it right and i just had to i just had to do it and yeah. it's when it's when it's so gimmicky it's so easy 
and it has to be so key to the meta it just really really grinds my gears and i think a lot of other people uh especially like with such things as like the thrust slide that that's also i feel like is a very it's very easy not is very easy not difficult at all but completely unintended mm -hmm. and i feel like that just kind of dissuades people from wanting to play this game or playing mm -hmm. halo 5. yeah okay yeah, and yeah, so the scoreboard one right off the bat, like that that can't that should not be in competitive Halo. And that's that's actually more on the side of three four three to kind of yeah. recognize when that's just silly, like you're holding the scoreboard to do a jump, it's clearly broken, um, and remove something like that immediately. Though I think true like authentic spring jumps are actually really hard to pull off. Yeah. And yeah. it would be interesting to see their effect on competitive play if you didn't have a bunch of other mechanics, like you said, with sprint and whatnot, and spring jump was kind of became a necessary mechanic. Then again, I'm wondering if they can kind of make it almost a slightly easier like maybe give you like one extra frame window just so you can hit it a little bit more consistently because it feels like if you do it too fast sometimes it doesn't work and if you yeah. do it too slow it doesn't work there's like a weird yeah, gap there's, a, there's can... a perfect frame where you have to hit yeah it for sure exactly which makes it kind of uh kind of weird in its own way too but that's that's a whole other thing uh so you talked about clamber as well and of course i have a whole 30 minute video on how clamber yep. adds skill gap um and it does add to the game in a lot of interesting ways yeah. um but do you think ultimately it doesn't belong in halo as well I believe so. I believe if you can make the map possible without Clamber, which they can, it's been done in every other Halo, mm -hmm. if you can just develop the map around it, and then there's, of course, positions that you are just not meant to Clamber on. Like I said, from that Rail 1 to Rail 2 jump, it's all possible because of a Spring Jump with Clamber. Spring Jump, like, if you can make it with a Spring Jump somehow from Rail 1 to Rail 2, like, by all means, like, you're a god. But if, like, you just have that Clamber and you have a scoreboard glitch, it's like, then Clamber just becomes, like, it's just so easy. It's too it's too easy to implement to topple an advantage so easily. And it's it really is it's too game changing in my opinion. And then from something such as regret, um, whenever that was in rotation, of course, and you could get from say pink one to P two so easily be off that like sort of curve. Yeah, you climb that little curve. Exactly. Right and like that's so simple, but it's so big. When you're in such a bad spot and people know where you're at, but then the the sort of uh, routes you can take with Clamber just become infinite. And when you're in like such a bad state on like a strategic game, a team like oriented game, when you, like possibilities of exit become like almost infinite, it mm -hmm. is kind of just dumb. It is really just dumb. In my, it, I don't know. That's that's really all I have to say about it. It just feels like it's. It's too easy and too forgiving and just adds it. Of course, it adds a skill gap, but I feel like it does not add enough to the gameplay other than yeah. just being a you need to get to this ledge that we made too high. So you got to use clamber. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess one of the things I was trying to highlight in my video was that um, there are certain things that the clamber allows that are impossible without it or pretty much impossible. Like like you said, with rig one, uh, the, the tower one to tower two on the rig. Like, how would you realistically scale something like that without a clamber mechanic? That's the issue, right? Or, like, if you wanted to nade clamber or if you wanted to drop back off an edge and clamber back up, these are certain things that were added to the game that I don't know how you would still have them. Not that it's, like, game-breaking if they're gone, but, like, I don't know how you would have them without it. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's the point. Some, I, just some jumps should not be possible. Some mm -hmm. things should just not be possible. And, I mean, some people probably think it should be. So I'm sure some people believe, like, that rail one to rail two jump is... It's the best jump that you can do, and it should stay in. Things like that should be remain. But like I said, when the style of game that we're talking about, when it's an arena shooter, it's supposed to be strategic and more focused on gunplay in its history of competitive 
gaming mm-hmm. when it really heavily relies on such abilities like that and it's really not that difficult obviously it can be kind of difficult it seems impossible when you first try and do it it seems the first five tries you can't do it at all or you're like not even close but it's like right. you just you just do it for a few hours and it becomes pretty easy it just mm. becomes just just instinct once you do it enough but it just it just should not be a thing it just should not be a thing right Right. I feel you on that. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with that as well. One thing I was thinking is if there's some way they can kind of hybridize it by making clamber a lot less forgiving, because one of the yes. big, biggest issues is just how easy it is to grab from the certain ranges too. like you've got a pretty, pretty like generous range that you can clamber from. And I was thinking, what if a clamber is only possible if you're physically touching the wall? So you kind of get out of those scenarios where in Halo 3, where you make a jump, but the jump's kind of slanted. So you're forced to like Gandhi hop and try to do all this janky shit just yep. to like get past that edge that you probably like pretty much deserve to get on you know what i mean There's yeah some weird that's what like, i'm saying it's it's yeah. not forgiving at all with like halo 3 the s1 s2 jump that you mentioned it's like yeah it's yeah. still like it's still a skill you have to, just like in the halo 5 jumps like you're not going to get it off the rip you're not going to be able to do it instantly it's going to take time both of them take time but i feel like the inputs and the sort of cost to benefit like relationship is just so much uh uh smaller or i, I should say the benefit is so big in halo 5 and the cost is so little Compared mm-hmm. to like Halo 3, it's like you get a big jump on somebody going from S1 to S2. I saw Denial doing it in St. Louis a whole lot, and they were really good at it. They could, yeah. And they were utilizing it really well the entire time, and it was a really big benefit. But there's a big cost. If you just mess up a single input, you're falling off the ledge. You're dying most <clears> of the time. Sometimes you can make it back, but most of the time you're dying. Or if you do make it back, like you're still S1, you're in a bad spot. Yeah. But that's yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of like skill jump that I feel like is intended, or not intended, but is sort of respected in by the community is when mm-hmm. you can make those kind of jumps right right yeah i it's some of them like that s1 s2 jump i thought was more of an example of something where like the cost benefit ratio was there was like a much greater cost than there was a benefit because like a lot of times unless you have like a lot of, like really good team communication and you're very aware of what's going on yeah. making that jump up there to s2 doesn't really help like, like you could be back facing somebody and like somebody else just gets nice free shots or a back spec with the with the br if they aren't fully aware of like what's above them yeah. right um, and on top of the fact that it, you don't have very much control when you're jumping into the wall like that, mm-hmm. whereas then I showed the narrows jump that had a much better cost benefit kind of ratio. I thought yeah. where, like it's difficult to do and it works. It doesn't always make sense to go for it, but it's like not as savagely punishing. So, uh, yeah, that's one of the things about not having the clamber is you cert- you sometimes get jumps that like the, the because they're so difficult, it almost disincentivizes going for them at all. And then just kind of removes that skill jump as an option and players just play without it. Yeah, um, it's just with with those kind of skill jumps, I feel like when it is executed and it's executed properly, it is very hype. It's almost as hype as just somebody right. getting like a no scope. And it's like if you get that sort of jump right, off right. on S1 to S2 or narrows from the cannon to top middle and you get like a double, yeah. like that's huge. And it's, so also, and it's also yeah. huge on like Halo 5 from getting like rail 1 to rail 2 or whatever, but it's just so commonplace. It's so, it's just not, it's just too frequent and too common to mm. really be something that adds to the gameplay, make it sort of exciting because of how easy and consistent it can be. Yeah, yeah. All right, a lot of great points, man. I Yeah, I definitely think that 
there does need to be some sort of a, like a hybridization there where like the Halo 5 jumps, they, because of how acceptable, like, like how possible it is to do these jumps, they end up becoming necessary at the highest level play. Like you said, you're forced to do the spring jumps just to kind of keep up with the meta and things. So it would be interesting if, if jumps had more of a cost to them. So either, like you said, removing the clamber or having some sort of a nerf to the clamber so it's much yeah. more, much less forgiving. So it's harder to get up there without completely removing all of its capabilities that come with it. Yep. Um, so you do get a better cost benefit ratio. So I think that's really the thing is they got to think about like, what are the costs of these jumps? Are they too easy to do? Are they going to become necessary at the high level? And it's hard to foresee that stuff. And it puts a lot mm -hmm. of weight on 343 to kind of be very quick to update um, yeah, and to absolutely. grab those things. So hopefully they can do that as that arises. But I think those are some really great points. Um, right now, I'm going to side with you on the sprint being removed simply because I think that there's so many redundancies that you can do the same types of things with the spring yeah. jump and it requires more skill and it's it's way more satisfying to pull off, I think. Um, and it would also just kind of give Halo the Halo look and feel that you would expect from a Halo title. Yes. You would see it and know it's Halo. And I think that's very important in kind of bringing audiences back to it as well. As far as the clamber mechanic goes, I'm interested to see if they can kind of nerf it in some way, make it a yeah. little more difficult. I absolutely agree that there could be some... <laughs> I feel like any ability that they have ever added, there could be some nerf, some sort of way to balance it. Mm -hmm. uh, especially with clamber, I think one, mechan one reason I really did not like the clamber in Halo 5 was the sort of speed at which you could and that how forgiving it was even though it's store right. it's like a what is it a second 0 0.8 seconds zero, almost a second <laughs> of having yeah. your gun out or having your gun put away mm -hmm. but i mean really that's i don't know at the times that you, you are using clamber it's not the biggest deal but yeah. there are times that it's so fast that you can sort of i i know at the top level i've played against a whole bunch of people where using that mechanic to kind of use that sort of back and forth where you're dropping and coming back up right it's almost it's broken to the point for how fast you can do it and ready your gun, but there is and the mechanic shoot. itself. Yeah, you can still shoot, but also the angle is cut a lot of the times where yeah. you can't see the person, and yeah. they're still able to shoot you yeah. because of how fast they're able to pull out their gun. It's just fast enough. So yeah. there definitely is some ways to balance uh, these mechanics in the future if they want to try and keep, uh, keep them in. I agree. It would be nice if it was really difficult to do and still possible in clutch scenarios so you can go for it. But one of my biggest issues with that dropback clamber mechanic is that it, it looks janky as fuck. Like when when you're not the one doing it, if you're in first person and you're doing it, it looks pretty badass. But if you're trying to shoot somebody who's doing it, it yeah. looks broken. It looks like he's like glitching out on the ledge. It doesn't really have the same kind of satisfaction from both yeah. sides. So I feel like as the player who's firing at the guy who did the cool skill thing should should almost respect what he did. He should see it and be like, damn, that guy's badass. He like yeah. he messed me up. As opposed to like, this guy just cheesed the hell out of me. That looks bad. It looks janky. Or when you yeah. slide into a gunfight and sometimes the slide just looks totally weird yep. and that almost became necessary the slide challenge when you're one shot you're going to slide challenge a guy like every single time because you know it's going to mess with them more than just walking out or jumping out or whatever mm -hmm. right um if you don't want to burn your thrust right away right away especially as well exactly. um so a couple other things uh that we'll, we'll touch on what about so if we're taking out mechanics like this and some people you know who love advanced movement i even enjoy it a lot as well yeah. Um, some people might be like, oh, you know, we're, come, we're missing a lot of important stuff that we had in Halo 5. How do we supplement stuff like that? I was thinking of bringing button combos back into the discussion, like BXR and Double Shot, which are very interesting aspects that Halo 2 had that required a lot of skill, but were specifically focused on gunplay rather than movement. So yeah. you can have aspects like that and innovations in that area that requires skill, but then it's more on the gunplay, less on like you being able to get around really quickly. Yeah. Um, what do you think of BXR, Double Shot, stuff like that? I think what really sets those button combos apart from like saying like say like thrust slide or like the scoreboard glitch is like when you're when you need to use those button combos, it is in the heat of the moment. 
when you're using right. thrust slide, when you're using spring jump glitches, usually you're in your own cover. You're not fighting somebody most of the time. Right. And it's just very, very uh, difficult, I'd imagine, to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. When in, in like and at the right times, because obviously I'm sure there's not. It's not just a get out, uh, get out of jail free card. Whenever you're using the button combos in Halo Two, uh, but I feel like there's just too many uses with like the button combos in Halo Five. That is uh, just too easy. There's just no cost, mm-hmm. really, at the times that you do use it properly. When you use it properly in like say Halo Two with the button combos, the BXR and BXB and whatnot, and like the four shot, it's just it's very hype and it's very hard to pull off, and it's much yeah. more like it's just much more difficult to really pull off. Yeah, so I wonder if there's a way that they can implement stuff like that in the future with Infinite and make it, you know, make it work really well. Because one of my big issues with something like a BXR is what you're doing is you're canceling your melee instantly, meaning you can BXB as well, right? So if you have BXB in Halo 5, how broken would that be with like the yeah. lunge in Halo 5? And like, I don't know what they're going to do with melee lunges and stuff in the future of Halo games, but like double melees that are instantaneous sounds super messed up. Like, so I, I feel like they need to figure out. Like, I don't even know if they're even going to think about this stuff, but it would be cool if combos and you know button combos mechanics like this were implemented in some way, specifically focused on gunplay, but but worked well more in this balance aspect where like you're not exploiting like a melee or yeah. something like that. But it would be cool if you can cancel things like that into shots. And, yeah, and, it definitely would yeah. be something interesting to see, and I yeah. wouldn't mind to see it. But it's also that like they never intended for those button combos to be right. a thing. Obviously, yeah. it was found out. But then at yeah. the same time, it's like the community really regards it as something that is difficult and just kind of hype to see and witness when it yeah. is properly done. And I feel like that's a big big takeaway from like button combos is how it's regarded as like how easy it is and what is the benefits to the cost and whatnot but yeah i think button combos like that very well could be implemented i don't know how exactly they would really i guess they could probably just put it in themselves but yeah like with the previous ones it's never really been an intended aspect of the game because i'm sure they just don't really want to see it they just want to see their game work and people shoot people reload people melee whatever yeah um but it would be interesting if i if they really want to actually try to implement it Yeah. Uh, intentionally let's uh run through a couple more of these things and like kind of a yay or nay type thing uh ads so they introduced ads in halo 5 of course it works like halo 3 but it's been applied to every single weapon what do you think of that yeah i think every single weapon does not deserve ads ars no automatics no unless there's a scope on the gun should not deserve it especially sword especially shotgun do not yeah. deserve it whatsoever yeah it, it, those weapons are designed for like their whole purpose is for what it is a shotgun is close quarters and yeah. It does. It just does too much damage. The spread is too tight when you zoom in. And a sword, the lunge, like who, who even thinks that zooming in with a sword is actually a, a true zoom in? Like, what makes it give it more of a lunge? It yeah. Just, the, <laughs> the, the logic behind it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it, it they just put yeah. it in just to put it in because every other weapon has one. But no, yeah. if it has a scope, sure, ADS, true. Like that, that is what it should be. But if it doesn't have it, if it's a close quarters kind of weapon, it should not have it at all. Yeah, completely agree. So ADS, as it works with the BR, the Magnum, guns that deserve scopes, totally fine. Keep it the way it is. But with with ARs, with swords, remove it. It doesn't make any sense. You can put it in visually, but it shouldn't give you an advantage. Like, it shouldn't give you an extra distance advantage. You can have a visual. You can let me scope in with the AR just to see farther, but make the spread exactly the freaking same. Don't don't mess with it. Um, so I think that's that's almost like unanimously agreed upon. Uh, Hit markers, what do you think about that? Because I think uh, shot hit markers are helpful. But nade hit markers are kind of uh, controversial. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it that exact same right there. I think that's what I believe in as well. I think shot hit markers is just a good thing to like, oh, I hit that guy? Okay, good. Now I know. Yeah. Um, and it's like, 
if you're already shooting him anyway, there's no advantage to seeing the hit marker. It's just sort of like a safety net, like especially for online when it's like, okay, I actually hit him. Like I'm glad my shots are actually counting. Right. And eight hit markers completely should not be a thing. It's too much. It's too much of an advantage for what little you're putting out there. You're just throwing a grenade into a corner. You get a hit marker. That guy's one shot in that corner. Yeah. What that really there was no skill in that. It's just now you know. Now you yeah. just know that that guy's weak, and you can just get a free push on him, or collapse, yeah. or whatever. But it's just too much information for what little you're putting out there, or having to like really give up. Yeah, I agree there too. It makes sense. Like just from a, an understanding, feedback from the server, knowing that you hit your shots, hit markers make sense. But for nades, it gives you a lot of information that isn't really necessary. So, um, weapon spawns and timers. Uh, Halo Five implemented uh, like a, a weapon spawn that everybody can see. So the biggest power weapons are on a set timer. You don't have to think about it anymore. Everybody knows where it is. But then it comes into a situation where everybody's prepared for it, and you get that kind of battle that plays out afterwards. Uh, does that work in Halo? Do you think it's also helpful for new players coming into the game, which is kind of. Uh, I guess a, a plus in a way too, but for competitive play, there's a lot of weight on timing things effectively, right? Yeah, I, I believe that the timing for weapons needs to be back towards the classic side of Halo. I, I think that is a whole skill gap mm -hmm. and just meta of the game that needs to be a thing still because it is so big not or to not know when a weapon is coming up. And if you have an idea of when it comes up, but or when you, if you don't have an idea when it comes up, because you didn't get it previously, but the other team knows, like, that is huge. And that's a good advantage if you properly uh, do it correctly. Of course, there yeah. shouldn't be just, it shouldn't be that easy. But, like, obviously, like in Halo 3, when you have to, you have to go to the other team's side to get their sniper, grab it before it drops, and then keep walking around if you're trying to dirty the sniper. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that is a, it's very risky to do, but it can work out in the end for, at their disadvantage. But it's because you just risked a whole lot to do that, which is right. a very important thing. And then timing. Power-ups, that's still been the same uh, in Halo 5 at least, but I still think that should remain, of course. Uh, just yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with the big timers exclaiming, like, it's up right now, or it's going to yeah. come up in 30 seconds. I think it's just it just allows too much preparation and uh, not enough skill. I think, uh, it. yeah, I, I think it, that that's how it should work. As long as the spawn timers are completely consistent, though, because yeah. with Halo Three, there is it's not totally consistent. It's weird. It's like especially with like snipers and like narrows and other maps. Like the the first spawn, there's like a four second offset in your spawns. Like I don't know if you know that about spawn timers. It's like two minutes and thirty seconds plus four seconds, and the next one is like two minutes and thirty seconds plus another four seconds or three seconds. And like by the time you get to like three minutes left in a thirty minute game, your spawn, your weapon spawning like a minute later than, it, than you would think yeah. it would be so I, I feel like they need like a, a like a perfect consistency if the weapon's going to spawn at that time it spawns at that time yeah. so that at least we can you know like more easily mentally wrap our hands yeah. and heads well, that's around just the problem with halo coach. 3 is that like the weapons were meant to drop to give right. that sort of uh yeah. tier of competitiveness of timing the weapons because like once right. it finally hits the ground and sits there then that's when the timer starts rather than just exactly. when it's like in the air which is its own like i said it, that's what makes the dirtying possible um, but yeah, aspects like that I think are very big to uh, competitive Halo, and I think can add a lot to gameplay. Yeah, definitely. Um, spawn system, hard to really say what they could tweak. I think they did a lot of like pretty good things with the Halo Five spawn. Yeah. Uh, overall, like it worked relatively well. It's understandable. Yeah. Um, Halo Three is a little too team influence based, so I think. I, that's how that's what it seemed like at least like players just spawning on top of each other especially in amplified you get a lot of like really weird spawns or yeah. all the maps kind of have their their moments it's yeah. very much so like the i think the only influence really is nades and standing is what somebody told me on halo 3 that's the only way to influence 
I definitely much prefer the Halo 5 aspect. Like if you're shooting a spawn or if you're just Direction looking you're at it. Yeah. Exactly. Where your teammates are at. And that's a, that's still a skill in Halo 3 to understand that sort of thing. But I think it's much more consistent and just a better yeah. system just to be yeah. like, if I'm in this area, they're not going to spawn here. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Uh, unless you're blocking every spawn somehow and then they just get a weird spawn. But I definitely agree much more with the Halo 5 system uh, of spawning. Yeah. So uh, last one here, last question is just kind of, so when you take out mechanics, if you remove something like Sprint, you get to this question of like, how do you continue to innovate, revolutionize competitive Halo? Sorry, that's my dog who's just dying in the background. Uh, how do you continue to innovate and she's going to keep going? All right, thanks, Dougie. Uh, revolutionize Halo, like, so like, do you have to add to it to innovate Halo? Or like the other thing I wrote here is is not conforming to the high-speed standards of gameplay today in its own way, a form of innovation. Like what would they do, right? Because you have Counter-Strike, games like Counter-Strike who haven't changed their work still mm -hmm. and are very popular, but majority of the market has moved over to this higher speed type pace. You look at a game like Apex, uh, very fast paced. Yeah, I think with just a game that is innovative in a way or just Wow, yeah, he's not having a good time over there. But so she and she's oh, fourteen she's years old, and I'm sorry, oh, okay. guys. She's just uh, and she wants to go outside now. That's great. Just <laughs> That's no problem. But uh, I I don't really think like you need to innovate. I think it's just it with these games that are like very popular, very good. It's just the core, just the gameplay, just the game itself is just fun. It doesn't matter what sort of speed it is. It's just there's also a lot of slow games, a lot of fast games that are just not enjoyable. But I feel like it's very like a very uh, general sort of way of looking at it uh, from the way I'm saying it, but it's just, the game's good, the game's good. I feel like there's ways to implement mechanics to put in, whether it's slow, it's fast, it's whatever. It's just, it, it really depends on how uh, how open I feel like also the developers are to sort of working around what the community wants. And I yeah. feel like it's a, that's a big thing recently as well as what kind of garners a, the popularity of a game is, well, A, free to play, of course, recently, right, but yeah, also just sure. the, the sort of support. And I feel like if people want a faster game, like it's slower initially and they want it faster, like make it faster, change some things, tune some things, make it faster a little bit. And then if they want it slower, tweak it a little bit, make it not as slow as before. But in between, I feel like that's a very big part of being innovative is just being supportive. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't matter what the game is. If it's a good game, just like Apex, like it's fast. It's fast, and uh, a lot of people like it. And but that's just—it's so—it's so smooth. It, the gunplay, the sprinting, the the clambering, the mantling, and whatnot, and the abilities—they're all smooth, and it just plays well. And then they're also very supportive on top of that, and it's free to play, and it's just the, all the aspects are there. Yeah. But I feel like the core just mechanics of the game—it's just very balanced. I feel like that—that's a big thing. It's nothing feels really gimmicky in that game to me so far that I've played a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's very big is like the lack of gimmicks and the lack of like sort of cop outs on abilities and things like that is the, the sort of consistency in the gameplay that everyone mm -hmm. kind of has. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's actually an interesting perspective where it's not the innovation today isn't as important as community, like as connecting with the community and li understanding, listening to what they want, because that's really what shapes popularity of video games today. I mean, yep. you look at players like Ninja and all these top streamers, that's where the community comes from on these games and a company's ability to listen to the biggest members and, and you know, to the broader communities, uh, what, what they're looking for. That's that's literally what what shapes the popularity of a title. Right. So. Yep. So that's actually a really great kind of point to end on here is, I mean, I know they recently hired somebody who's the director of player voice for mm -hmm. Halo, and he's trying to keep a, a more connected uh, focus on the community and whatever we can do to continue to talk 
with 343 and have them update things on the fly. Uh, whatever kind of product they end up dropping our lap here, if, if it's something that can be molded by the broader community and there's a greater relationship built between us, then I think yep. the overall opinion of Halo will be better and a lot more people could, would jump on and start to enjoy it and play it. So uh, that's kind of what it's going to come down to in the end of the day, regardless whether or not we have advanced mechanics, classic mechanics, the communication needs to be there, needs to be constant, the updates need to be fast enough to keep Absolutely. this exciting, right? So yep. uh, the beta, man, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get some kind of a beta. Uh, that's yep. literally everything. And and hopefully, uh, you know, the, the members of the community who are representing that, you know, player voice and whatnot are very level-headed and uh, and have the right attitude about things. And I, I think overall as a community, we're hopefully we're, you know, continuing to, uh, you know, be mature and, and approach things in a, in a patient kind of fashion because yep. there's, there's a lot going on today in video games, right? And yeah. Uh, like I said, pluses and minuses. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe that we started to finally reach that point of communication and support that really needed to be there, that was there at the end of H five, that really needed to be there from the beginning, and I feel like that is now transitioning into the beginning of uh, what is going to develop from Infinite, and I feel like that is what is needed. That is what, uh, like I said, a game can be completely awful from the get go, or people just don't want it, don't want what it is. But as long as the developers are willing to hear everyone out, and they're willing to change, like Fortnite, like they put in the yeah. craziest, dumbest stuff, and then they, they'll take it right out of, like a week or two later. Yeah. They're not they're not sitting silent for a few months or however long and just don't say anything. They're like listening to the community, and then they listen and then implement what they believe is going to appease like that sort of outcry about what is wrong with the game. Because yeah. if enough people are saying something's wrong, then I would say obviously something is off, something is wrong, and that needs yeah. to be addressed. So that is what I believe is more innovative today than just sort of abilities or things to add to the gameplay. It's just listen to the community. If people want to add or take away some things, like tweak it, work with them, and that is what will make Halo great. Yeah, absolutely agree, man. I think now is their opportunity more than ever to really succeed with Halo. I think considering 25 million people jumping on a game in one week, like the the, yep. the speed at which a game can take off is incredible. And Halo still being a massive brand in our minds, we all know what Halo is. Yep. Uh, it could definitely make a massive comeback in a matter of days. So absolutely. I, yeah, so I'm really excited to see what the future brings on this. Thank you so much, Sane, for joining me yep. for all of no this. No problem. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any shout outs or uh, anywhere we can find you online? Uh, I mean, just you see the ad on Twitter uh, below me. And also the uh, my Twitch channel is the same, but with an underscore right behind it. The one saying underscore. Uh, if you want to come check me out, you don't already. And yep. yeah, that's about it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Stay tuned. We're going to be back in a few minutes with Aries. We're going to be talking about a lot of the exact same stuff and, and some personal questions with Aries. You're going to get to know him as well. Stay tuned, guys. And we're back with HCS Weekly. Of course, we just came off of our interview with Saiyan, an awesome interview talking about competitive settings and everything going on with Saiyan as well. And let's just continue that trend. I'm very excited to bring Aries onto the show. Welcome, Aries. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. How's Glad it going, to be here. Pretty good. Kind of just woke up like two hours ago, so a little groggy, but, you know, we're getting there. Yeah. I was wondering, man, so everybody calls you Aries Carries. Where does the name Aries come from, and then where did the Aries Carries come in after that? Huh. Well, back in the day when I was like 11, my first gamer tag was like Iron Sniper or something. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I need a better name. Yeah. My mom actually came up with the gamertag Aries. She just like spouted out the name. And I was like, hey, I kind of like that. I was a little kid. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then the carries part, my first tournament was Meadowlands 2008. And I went with a dude named Fugo. 
and I went insanely positive on the team, and he was just, like, joking about the name Aries Carries after, and I just kind of ran with it, you know? Yeah, it has a nice ring to it. It just rhymes, and then yeah. I just go on carrying matches ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, you definitely have a hell of a history with Halo as well. Your competitive career started back in Halo 3, but when did you first start playing Halo? How did you first get into Halo? I've been playing Halo since the day the Xbox came out. My brother got an Xbox. I always watched him play. I grew up in an insane neighborhood of Halo players. Actually crazy. Like, I would come home from school and baseball practice, and there would already be lands going on at my house like we had that many players and it was just it's just fun man is what i enjoyed <laughs> yeah you were in the right place at the right time man i think I, I, in in the u.s for sure there was just this like time when when halo was just everything like, everybody was playing halo in school it was just so the norm uh like a really exciting time to get into things so uh i can't you know i i can't blame you man you just uh wrapped up in it all um, so you get into Halo and you, you fall in love with it, but at what point did you start getting into competing? It says, I'm just going off of the wiki here, uh, back in 2008, MLG Meadowlands was your first event. Uh, is that true? How, how did that go? How'd you first get into that? Um, well, I, like I said, I grew up in a neighborhood where we had a bunch of Halo players and one of them was named Hallie. He was a professional okay. Halo 2 player. He got third in the 1v1s, top eight in 4v4s, he's very good. And he was just one of my really good friends, and he just told me he knew I had the ability to do it. Uh, I stuck with it, and now here I am. So you just drove over to your first event, or? Uh, yeah, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, my parents told me that I cannot go farther than Charlotte okay. uh, by myself. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to tell my parents I'm going to go to Charlotte. And the first <laughs> tournament was in Meadowlands, and I drove up there with some friends, and the rest is history. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what it takes sometimes. You gotta, you yeah. know, if you love it enough, you gotta just, you know, your parents don't need to know the important details. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, it paid off for sure because you, uh, so it wasn't just Halo 3 where you started. Your breakout game really seemed to be Halo 2 anniversary, at least from what I could see here is you kicked off the season, first season as a member of Optic Gaming with Flamesword, Ace, and Assault. Later, you became a member of Noble Black where at one point you were with Ninja. You guys stuck together as a duo, creating a team called The Other Guys, and then that later became Liquid. Needless to say, in H2A, you proved that you could hang out with the best of the best. So tell me a bit about your career in H2A. What was it like competing at that level? Do you have any personal highlights or stories from your time competing there? Um, H2A. Well, first of all, I had to beg to get on that Optic team. Uh, it was yeah. hilarious, yeah. And, uh, you know, we never even played. We never practiced. Cleat. And Flamesword, every time we played online, they were getting DDoS. So we hardly even practiced as a team. And then Damn. we went and got third, fourth, or whatever. And it was really exciting. I knew I could play at that level, and it was just exciting to prove that. Um, and then I got dropped from that team or whatever. And uh, they dropped me for APG. And I later convinced APG to leave that team to um, make the team Noble Black. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was that was a very fun team. We had got the reality check at G4G before the season one finals. That was terrible, mm. but it kind of like got us in the right mindset. And we got third at season one finals. That was really cool. I don't know if you know about like the CLG series with all the replays and all that. We no, I don't. But I wish I did. Game five, we replayed CLG five times. We tied it five times. Oh my and God. it was the most intense <laughs> in Halo. I think it was the craziest series in Halo history. It was yeah, it was so nerve wracking. But 
being on that stage and playing in front of that crowd at PAX East was one of my memorable moments. It was really fun. That sounds amazing. I mean, that sounds nerve wracking and, and difficult, even just like the amount of time that you spend playing because you can only be hot for so long. Like, in yeah. Halo, you're required to be so insanely focused to the point where you're just like in you're inside the Spartan armor, basically, like you have to be so connected. Right. So to do that, like five, would you say five matches, like five series? Right. That are we we tied game five, the original game five, <laughs> like 38, 38 or something like that. And then yeah. the rules were the replay was a five minute slayer. So, but it was on sanctuary. So both teams were playing super stagnant. We were getting four kills at most. And we just kept tying over and over again. Oh my god! the The first replay it was actually insane. Uh, I didn't have a kill. I died. They were pushing at our base, and I spawned up, pushed up behind them as they were pushing my teammates, and got a back whack on an ogre two with literally 0.2 seconds left in the game. Like oh they were on ogre two's point of view, and like they thought CLG had won, and I just come up and back whack them. It was. It was my first kill of the game, too, so I was pretty nervous about goosing. <laughs> man, okay, I really wish I knew this in advance. I should, uh, man, I should try to find a way to, like, implement this in future interviews or something. Because I, what I would have done, having known that, I would have found that clip online and then thrown yeah. that up, and then we could throw to that. Because that sounds unbelievable, like, the last couple seconds, backsmacking over, too. But needless to say, like, you've had some amazing experiences in H2A. Um, and then you took that over into Halo 5. Halo 5 went a little differently, though. Uh, you won Iron Games Daytona with Frosty, APG, and Rabid, but then you mm -hmm. stopped competing later in 2016. Um, what was your experience with Halo 5? What kind of happened towards the end uh, when you fell off? Um, Halo 5 was just a string of bad decisions by me. Uh, I okay. left. I was teaming with Boo Dubu and Hugh at the beginning, and I decided to The best leave. players, some of the best players. Yeah, yeah, I decided to leave to join the Dream Team, with Prototype and Tire Iron because yeah. they somehow had qualified for X Games. And I wanted to be a part of that, you know. So right. I decided to leave that team and join them. And uh, it was a very bad decision. <laughs> I mean, X Games was awesome, but the team fell apart, like, going into regionals and we didn't qualify for Worlds. And it was a pretty depressing time. I couldn't get on other teams because everybody thought I was bad. If you're not placing consistently people just think write you off you know so right right this table five was a rough time for sure i can imagine that makes things super difficult like one experience at an event can affect like kind of tarnish your reputation you're forced to to push your way back through the ranks to try to prove it and when you're getting you know when you're not a new player when you've been around for a while it's even more difficult when you have these players like boo boo jubu and huker who are just coming in and they're like the new young yeah. guns that everybody wants so i can imagine uh that was tough. What did you think about Halo 5, even kind of just removing yourself from the competitive side of things? Did you enjoy the game, like the direction that it had gone? I enjoyed the last year of it with the new settings. Right. But I, I was astonished and blown away that we were playing for millions of dollars with ARs, Sprint, yeah. Splinter Nades, <laughs> Radar. Like, it, it still blows my mind to this day thinking about it. The craziest thing is for console esports, that was the most money in console esports at the time. I think ever really like yeah. was you're making all of that more, more than Call of Duty for like settings that were super preliminary that had like, needed to be updated since day one and they never updated them. So it's like crazy actually to fathom that. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's like towards the end of things, they really started to kind of hit their stride and get some settings that made more sense for the game and worked the best. Um, unfortunately, you know, by that point, a lot of people say too little, too late. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, lots, lots been going on with Halo. Um, and recently we made the transition now from Halo 5 back over to Halo 3, which I'm sure is a pretty comfortable game for you. How has that experience been going back into Halo 3 and now teaming up with Denial? It turns out to be the second place, second place squad. 
Uh, Halo 3 is my game, man. I, I've played this game probably more than anybody on the planet, I would say. Oh, I would think yeah. it's safe to say. Uh, it's just so fun to me, just moving around the map, shooting. It's just fun. I, I love it, man. Uh, I can't say anything negative about it. Yeah, man. And I mean, your gameplay is looking so awesome as well. And one thing I found that you're really consistently like amazing at is with the BR only maps like Heretic, Onslaught and Amplified, you were dropping like 40 plus kills against teams like Tox and Wrath and all the top squads there. And you're like a sniper with those Instasplodes as well. I actually did an Instasplode video that I put up on the Twitter and my YouTube where I was breaking down how the, the like mechanic works. I was using your gameplay as the uh, the example. Um, so I don't know if you check that out, but I saw it. Oh, awesome, awesome. Uh, Nick, just throw up some of those Instasplos that we have from the event there. I, I love what he does with it. Hopefully you still have them in the background, Nick. There you go. Oh, that was the second one. That was a double. And then what's the... Uh... Wait, where's he going now? What's this? <laughs> Nick, what about the other one that I literally just said off the... Uh... Yes, I like this one. This is pretty sick. This was happening throughout the entire tournament. Like, yeah, uh, I'm actually really good at those. You, you probably heard Dave Walsh joking oh, yeah. on the broadcast about how we used to play a crap ton of free falls and stuff. But uh, right. he's probably the reason I got good at insta exploding. In '09, my team went and land carbon, and uh, just the during warm up free falls, I'm just sitting there trying to warm her up and shoot my gun. I wasn't. Like, Instinct wasn't even parting my game back then, you know, I was kind of a noob. And right. I'm just sitting here playing against the top players, and they don't even have to shoot at me. They're just destroying me with Instasplodes. And I'm like, all right, this is this has got to be a part of my game. And then for the next warm-up free-for-alls, I didn't even shoot at people. I just ran around and Instasploded and got really good at it. And, yeah. So so what you mean to say is you were inspired by Dave Walsh himself, the yes. creator of, <laughs> of Instance Flows. Well, no wonder you're so good at them now. That makes sense now, dude, connecting the dots here. Um, but that's that's awesome to see. And, and that really shined, especially in Heretic. But like throughout Amplified, Onslaught, all those BR dominant maps, you were just dropping so many players. So that was great to see. So let's now that we we've have some of the preliminary info about you, of course, you're very experienced in Halo. Let's talk a bit about these competitive settings. We're going to go back to this topic again. So the same thing that I did with Saiyan is I kind of just listed off a bunch of things that we've seen in competitive Halo and whether or not you think they should change or be altered in any way uh, going onwards into Infinite. So the first thing we have is just 4v4 starts, something that's super basic uh, that we've always had in Halo. Any adjustments there? Um, I mean, I think it could work. Uh, I think it all depends on the game, the maps they make. Yeah. But, like, Halo so far has been really good and competitive in 44 so i don't think it should change yeah yeah i think so too that's like they would add a whole new layer to things and difficulty people are always at this moment focused on are the maps good are the maps too big are they symmetrical are they working well and i think adding another player to the dynamic would make things even more chaotic so probably something to stay away from um weapon starts though same weapon starts i know with halo 4 and halo reach they attempted alternate things like you can choose different weapons to start but that didn't quite work out so uh you probably agree the same weapon start should should stay a constant. Yeah, it should, no matter what the weapon, everybody should just spawn with the same one just for yeah. balance reasons. Yeah, everybody plays in the same playing field. But then when you get to things like BR starts versus Magnum, what do you think uh, the future of Halo should look like? VR, no question. It's just like the staple of Halo. I mean, yeah. sure, Halo 1 had the pistol or whatever, but and when people think about Halo, they think about the battle rifle, in yeah. my opinion. 
Yeah, no, I, I, de I definitely think you're right. And I think one of the biggest things that 343 needs to nail with this game is the look of the game needs to instantly be Halo. People need to recognize it and differentiate it amongst other massive yeah. titles. There's so much going on in gaming today. So I think BR starts is one of those like real identifying factors. Like you see a BR, you know it's Halo. It's synonymous with Halo. Though the Magnum is still a great weapon. Now it would be nice to see that in the game still, but BR starts makes the most sense. Um, and then you get to the topic of projectile versus hit skin. What do you think about that, though? It's a funny topic because, like, if you want to play on a small arena maps with hit scan, it's it's difficult. It changes the gameplay a lot. Like, think about playing a map like Onslaught and Halo Three with hit scan. That yeah. game would play differently. People would not be flying up the streets and pushing the way yeah. they do. It would be a lot more sitting back, cutting the map, shooting across the map, you know, with more reliable bullets with hit scan. Right. But I I. I think if they tweak projectile like Halo 3 shooting and made it more consistent, I think that's the way to go, in my opinion. So still keep with projectile. Interesting. Yes, I think hit scan just too easy. It's point and shoot. You know, it's my reticles on you. I'm gonna hit you. Whereas projectile, it's like you have to know the movement. You have to know how people strafe and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the definitely the, the biggest things about Halo 3 with projectile uh, like aiming is just the, the BR was so much more difficult to use. There's so much more of a skill gap just in the gunplay, understanding how the gun works, leading your shots properly, depending on how far away the opponent is. So that actually makes me, that's actually interesting because I was thinking, when I was talking to Sane about this, we did ultimately say hit scan because hit scan does kind of make sense. It is kind of what you do see in uh, in competitive games and, and whatnot these days. But if you think about hit scan in infinite and maybe have some sort of like hit marker for your shots so you have a better identification on how many bullets you hit out of the projectile or like you get better feedback yeah for the shots that you're you're hitting then yeah, maybe there's that nothing, actually worked there's nothing worse in halo 3 than like when you're shooting someone across the map and you like see them lighting up and you call them out weak to your teammate but you actually only hit them with one bullet in their spread you know and they're actually still pretty much yeah. full shields you you uh, have no idea what's <laughs> So, so that's actually cool. If they were to implement projectile, I think it would be cool if they implement projectile in a way where you get better feedback from your shots so you know what kind of shots that you're hitting on that opponent so you can call it out a little bit more effectively. Because, yeah, way far away when you're leading those shots, you really don't yeah. know how much damage, unless you see the shields pop, like you don't really yeah. know how much damage you're doing on that guy. So uh, so that's actually cool. I think that, that could be applied, and, and that would kind of individualize Halo in an interesting way too, bringing it back to that that element. So something, something a good counter-argument to kind of like what we brought up with saying as well. Um, so then maps, what do you think about maps? Because Halo 5 introduced maps that weren't, and I mean, you have asymmetrical maps in Halo, but with Halo 5, you had a lot more asymmetrical maps, though they did kind of work considering all the abilities you had in play, like even Echelon Ball added in late, still kind of worked and was more entertaining than some of the other maps ball uh, with the ball game type. So what do you think about symmetrical, asymmetrical maps? I actually think the asymmetrical maps played much better in Halo 5 than the symmetrical ones due to the abilities and stuff. Yeah. Just because, like, on the symmetrical maps, you could just go anywhere so fast. And at least on the asymmetrical ones, there was just, like, it, the lanes were blocked off, like, in blue. You you would have to just sprint thrust slide through blue or whatever. And it, it just felt right playing maps like Rig and Plaza with all the abilities and not so much Truth and the other maps, in my opinion. Yeah, so... 
that so what we had kind of decided was like symmetrical is the safe route right because then symmetrical kind of like immediately equates to balanced at least like you don't have certain areas of the map that are super like disadvantaged in comparison to others like saying it brought up the point of in plaza you can get stuck in blue and the rest of the, the players have all this control and other the power positions in the map and it it kind of creates this uh this annoying scenario where like players that kind of get out are kind of lucky or they're exploiting the mechanics in some way um so i, I get that perspective as well but then with Halo 5, yeah, you said asymmetrical tend to be more fun. It works more with the abilities. So I guess it really kind of rides on what types of abilities they're going to put into this game, how the game kind of flows, um, and then what kind of maps they'd have to design as a result. But I think the safest route would be symmetrical, personally. At least then you know from a balance perspective you get uh, the same well, side. I'd much prefer to play no ability symmetrical arena style mm. than... I mean, yeah. sure, if they can make a game... That is balanced. I don't think Halo 5 was balanced at all. Like, the way guns worked, well, at least at the beginning, like ARs and how much damage they did, how much, how good the BR was, mm. how good the carbine was. Do you remember that gun? Like, how much it melted people, like, before yeah, they nerfed the it? the original carbine was uh, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it was, Halo 5 was just a catastrophe in my mind in the first year or two. It was so bad. It was not enjoyable. The gameplay was not fun to watch, not fun to play. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of important points raised there, and like, yeah, it, it took them a while to really capitalize on some things that were there were really big issues, like even some of the glitches. I think, like when uh, you would lose your grenade in a wall, like you could take a stick yeah, grenade definitely. off your body inside a wall, just like stuff like that was, you know, certain things that are just game breaking that need to be gone. Uh, then let's talk about some of these mechanics, because like you said, you kind of already revealed you like the the classic style of gameplay. Uh, what about sprint? Let's start there. What do you think of that mechanic? It's it could be okay, like in Reach when they nerfed sprint and they gave you a cooldown. I think that's something that is mandatory. Like you can only sprint for this certain amount of time. Like you had a little circle and it would tell you how much sprint you have. I think that is necessary. You shouldn't be able to just sprint constantly yeah. and things like that. And they also made it a mechanic. Like, I think it was also a mechanic in Halo 5 where you didn't get your shields back while you're sprinting. That's good. Yeah. But I, I don't think it should be there. I mean, it. I think it's okay, but like Halo 3, Halo is just so much about you need to know where people are. And with Sprint, it just changes that. Like people can be across the map within two seconds. And that's just silly to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel like out of all the advanced mechanics they included in the game, Sprint is kind of that one mechanic that seems the least necessary to go onwards with in the future. And I, I feel like uh, one of my biggest issues, something I explained with the interview was saying, is it just kind of forces your control scheme to conform to this like standardized like Call of Duty style setup, where if you have Sprint, then the logical place to put Sprint is on your left stick click. But if you play Halo, Sprint doesn't really belong there. Like you've always been crouching with your left stick forever, like always, yep. because crouching is such a fundamental mechanic. So you can crouch jump, so you can do all your necessary moves. And instead, when you look at the default scheme on Halo Five, your crouch ends up being relegated to the the right stick click, which just seems so awkward. And I, I didn't really mess with it because I was bumper jumper instantly but right stick click when you're trying to crouch strafe and jump and shoot at the same time like it just sounds like garbage you know <laughs> so that it, sounds it just, like garbage yeah it just seems like 343 put the control scheme together thinking like oh this is what makes sense because we have sprint these abilities in the game but that halo is not call of duty they play totally different the more you play the more you realize you got to move them around they get you know the sprint ends up being a button on your face buttons it's more of an ability right so mm -hmm. uh 
so yeah, I don't like that it forces kind of this conformity to this like general like control scheme that everybody needs to recognize because Halo's different, it operates differently. So having removing Sprint kind of creates more of that individuality of the title that I think could help with Halo separating itself from the rest. So Sprint is one of those mechanics that I feel like could be removed and you could still have advanced moving, you could still have high speed gameplay without it. Um, Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, Halo Three is super fast paced in like the smaller maps. I mean, obviously you got the pit maps where you're. I you were talking about how much you like pit earlier, and it was triggering me. I mean, I think it's one of the worst Halo maps ever made. It's no, two I bases. Just said, <laughs> yeah. It's two bases connected by three hallways, and there's just like not much you can do going through those hallways, especially with things like death cam in Halo Three, where if someone dies on your side of the map and they have a death cam still, they like you going through with numbers on that yeah. map is still you're just going to get nade one shotted you know it's yeah it, there's yeah. some symmetrical maps that are questionable yeah. like the pit i think the pit was at my easily available example to draw <laughs> from or if you if you think of a map that is usually like people will be like oh i love the pit like people generally speaking love the pit and halo but yeah i remember watching st louis live and the pit matches especially in the grand finals like those were the most boring to watch. Oh, my God. Because especially the way you guys slow played the hell of it. Like, Tox was slow playing, too. And you guys were trying to do tower side pushes and, like, take control of both their snipers. And, like, it just the game drew out for, like, the entirety of the 30 minutes both times that you guys played. So, yeah. I, I think we were playing that map super aggressively. I probably went next <laughs> 60 in that combined oh, yeah. against on the pit flags against Tox. Because yeah. I was just constantly pushing through and dying to people that weren't moving. Like I remember yeah. literally four spawns in a row. I pushed through the long haul and died to Snakebite who was sitting there on their first BR with a sniper. And I'm like, what did you accomplish there, man? Like you killed me four times, but you're not winning the game, you know? Like it's yeah. It's just the way Pit plays though. It's just a bad math. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's so much easier to slow play and it's easier to draw out these really long drawn out games. Right. Uh, whereas Heretic is one of those maps that it, when you say Halo 3 is fast paced, that's a great example of where Halo 3 can be very fast paced. And Heretic, you're constantly placing your reticles in all these spots where opponents are like the moment you jump up, you're in another battle and then you turn and there's a guy below you like you're on pink three. You're in like five battles at the same yeah. time. Right? <laughs> so there's so much going on. And that's where kind of the fast pacing comes into play. Um, and yeah, and I, I think Sprint is, again, one of those mechanics that kind of force you to put your gun down so you're not in those battles quite as often. And if you maybe, I guess, increase base movement speed, I'm not sure what they would do to tweak it in that regard, but uh, to kind of just keep the battles fast and, and fluid and uh, and kind of keep up with some of the, the standards, the high-speed standards that we're seeing in gaming today as well. Um, what do you think of the clamor mechanic, though? Um, Kind of silly, I think jumps should be skillful like you shouldn't just have to just go and hold your jump button to get to somewhere like that you guys were talking about the s1 s2 jump on guardian i think that's one of the most skillful jumps in the game like not only to be able to do it but to utilize it in the way uh like where it works like all right now take that jump and imagine if you had clamber and you could go easy yeah, you go, yeah, you just do that jump, keep falling back down and clamoring back up. How much that would disrupt the Snipes Tower setup in Halo 3 of a player just being able to do that? It would be silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that jump in particular would be easy in Halo 5. You'd have to have a totally different type of map and different types of jumps that would be the skill jumps. But, like, something like that, yeah, it would be, it would be as simple as scaling the wall. you just yeah. jump up and scale it, right? So, 
Yeah, I, I hear you in that, though. So what I had done, and this is where the whole idea for this topic came up, was this 34-minute video I did where I talked about how this clamber does actually provide a skill gap in Halo 5 because of all the other, like, the subset of techniques that came from it being in the game. The fact that you can, like, throw a nade and then cancel the nade with the clamber, so you have to throw precise nades in your clamber animation and, can, can, like, connect them together. Or if you're doing the drop-back clamber where you're dropping backwards, clambering back up, and being able to do that in the heat of a battle provides a lot of skill. So I think having the clamber there added for this like wealth of options but it is super easy and super forgiving in certain scenarios and and it's too forgiving you know what i mean you just get out of situations so easily so what we were thinking is either it's not there or it's nerfed in some way where you need to be like physically touching the wall or something to get the clamber so that at least you kind of remove some of those silly scenarios like in halo 3 like i said where you kind of almost make your jump and then you're forced to like gandhi hop to try to like shimmy your way up there and it's like on a downward yeah, slope yeah, right. So to kind of like save those kind of instances from happening. But overall, like, yeah, like some sort of a, a change needs to be implemented. There. But in, shouldn't the skill in the game, shouldn't you uh, just made the jump in the first place? Like in Halo 3, like if you miss a jump and you mess up and like you misplace yourself, that's a big deal. You know, like it's super punishing. And yeah. in other Halos, it's not like that because you get to sprint away or whatever. And it's just... It's yeah. super punishing not to be able to do things cleanly. Like if you go pink two up the street and you miss the face jump on pink two, mm. uh, and now you're bottom middle, you know, as opposed to you yeah. go up there and you're about to miss it. Now you get to clamber and it just saves you. I, I mean, that just seems, you know, bad to me. Like you should have to be able to do the jump cleanly yeah. instead of having a mechanic that saves you. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening was, and and this is kind of where you get into like, does it affect strategic gameplay and whatnot? But with Halo 5, it ended up not being so much about whether or not you could save yourself from the easier jumps. It was more so whether or not you can keep up with the higher level jumps that were created as a result of the clamber. And you had to follow this, this meta basically of like, it wasn't about, you know, okay, you can just hit pink. Like if you can hit P2, it's about whether or not you could do the thrust jump up to P2, or if yeah. you could do the spring jump to clamber up to the top of the tower or whatever. So these jumps like provided their own kind of like nuance and difficulty, I guess, but it was more about like you being able to individually move really fast and take advantage of that rather than, Oh, are you going to be punished for missing the jump? So it kind of changed the entire meta of gameplay basically. And, and I, I can see how that, takes away from the strategy element of things it gives people so many different options and routes that they can take advantage of so so yeah it's it's an interesting discussion for sure i i don't i i'm not sure where i fully like side with it you know what i mean because and yeah. i agree that like people should be punished if they miss their jump so how can you still provide that level of punishment but do it in a way because the thing i don't like about halo 3 is some of those jumps like you said s1 to s2 and guardian is some of them seem almost random at times like yes you can practice a lot and you get it pretty consistent but when you jump into that tree you lose a lot of your control you're forced to just kind of gandhi hop and in some sense like pray that you're going to make it up there and it's going to work out okay you don't feel that no, the jump is actually super consistent. Super it's, consistent? Yeah, yes, it's very yeah. consistent. You it's can get it down? Like, yeah, you, you ride the tree. That's what you do. That's the point of it. You jump into the tree, and like the tree is pretty much taking you up to S2. Yeah. Do you never feel like there are certain circumstances where there, there are jumps that are like so kind of difficult to pull off 
that it's almost like dis disincentivizes going for it, right? Like, so the snipe one you're saying you can get pretty consistent, but there are other ways to get to S2. You can get up there from the other side, which is super weird. Oh, yeah, like, as the, well, we, like seen, climb the wall. Yeah, I've seen people doing that, and I'm just like, they're on some nightcrawler things. I have no idea what they're doing, but right. I, I don't even attempt stuff like that. They just, just seems like I don't even know what they're jumping on, to be honest. Exactly, yeah. So it's weird because what I'm trying to think is like, where do you strike the balance there where? The jump is hard enough that it's hype when somebody gets it, but not so kind of, I don't know if it's like, so I guess so difficult that like people just don't even go for it anymore. They don't bother doing it most of the time. So you don't really see it. Um, how do we see, you know what I mean? I want to see more of the skill jumps in play, but not too much of them that it's like, oh, they're all over the place. Just like mm -hmm. people go for them more often. So, cause I, I think you do get some of that element when you don't have certain things like clamber and play. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to I'll say. Make you, I'll make you a jump video on Halo 3 Do that it. you can talk about, and you'll like Actually, it. I'll show you some jumps so you can They're talk crazy. About. Oh, I know. They're, like, literally insane crazy, especially when you're talking about, like, ghosting on, like, little, like, the edge ghosting and stuff like that uh, that are just insane. Um, very specific scenarios where you can land them, too. Um, what about Stabilize? We didn't actually talk about this one with uh, Sand. It was, it was pretty cool. I like the idea. I, um, It's just... Like, being able to jump out and get other angles like that is pretty neat. But, like, uh, I mean, uh, Stabilize is fine. I don't think it's, like, bad in any way, you know? Just, it's not super get-out-of-jail-free card-like sprint. You could yeah. use Stabilize to, like, jump up and hide behind a certain wall. It was, it was pretty cool. I thought it was neat. I used it a lot. Now I'm actually thinking it would be cool. What if there was no clamber, but you still had stabilize for certain things like that? Then you kind of yeah, mitigate would... some of those, right? Yeah, because then you, if you're doing, if you're riding up the wall or something in Halo Three, and you can launch a stabilize last second to get yourself just a little pop up there, that might actually add like a, a different element of skill and make jumps a little bit more approachable too. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, I think we we can all agree ground pound Spartan charge don't work for competitive play. It's just too much reward for no risk, basically. Yeah. Um, you remember Empire uh, Strongholds at the beginning of Halo 5 with ARs, Ground Pound, and Splinter Nades? How much yeah. fun that game type was? Empire Strongholds. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom, the pit uh, yeah, Stronghold? The... Yeah. <laughs> just that sitting down just there, we're just hearing people charge up their Ground Pounds above you and having to time yeah. your throw. It was awful. It was nightmares. Yeah, totally different game at that point, but yeah. Uh, so this is interesting. So something that I, I was thinking is, okay, so if you're removing some of these mechanics, how do you still you know, have, like, I guess, fast, interesting, high-level elements in gameplay aside from movement, more so in, in gunplay. So, like, button combos, like what, what they had with Halo 2 was the BXR, the double shot. These required a lot of skill, and something that Saiyan brought up that was really important is that they force you to pull them off in the heat of the moment when you're under pressure. You're only going to pull off a BXR when you're being shot at or a double shot when you're being shot at when you're in the fight, as opposed to a lot of the movement mechanics in Halo 5 where, like, no, nobody will be around in certain scenarios. You just kind of do the jump, right? Yeah. Um, so what do you think about button combos? Do they kind of have a place still in uh, going on into Infinite? Well, I don't know how 343 would implement them in their yeah. game, considering, you know, Bungie didn't even, like, plan on those being in the game, and they never liked them. They actually hated the BXR and BX uh, double shot at the beginning, and I think they tried so hard to take it out. Right. But they literally couldn't fix it. So I, I think it would be cool to add things like that, like just – just a combo to like get the time to kill down and beat down fights or something but it would have to the melee system would have to be so balanced because i heard you guys talking about it like if they had yeah. 
at the Halo 5 lunging system with BX being, it would be kind of nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the thing that I was worried about. Yeah, so I guess they're not even really including budding combos. They're including the ability to cancel certain animations and instantaneously allow you to shoot afterwards. Yeah, uh, and whether or not that would be effective. Like, I, I wonder if there's a way they can cancel the melee into a shot, but you can't cancel a melee into a melee. They have a, a set cooldown that forces you to melee at a set speed, right? Things yeah. like that, where like they can add certain cancels. Yeah, and this is a whole other dynamic that I'm not sure 343 even cares about, but these are little seldies uh, that I think you know, could provide like advanced gameplay in the gunplay, which is something that's that's been a you know, main staple in Halo. Um, so yeah. Uh, what about spring jumping? I, I think it's really cool i think it's super skilled uh, i also heard you guys talking about the scoreboard glitch and like Gone how that second. took away yeah. from it but uh I, I think if they could take that out and implement it into their game i think it's very necessary it just adds another skill to the game yeah i i really think spring jump is kind of the future advanced mechanic that they need to focus on where like instead of having things like sprint if you have a spring jump that's very difficult to pull off but like kind of i don't know just still still works in a way where it could be at that highest level of, of advanced meta basically i think spring jump is would be the key to getting around maps quickly and, and understanding how to use that effectively like i i really think there's an advantage of that because then you combine it with crouch jump as well you get it, it aids itself to all of the other aspects and mechanics in halo and your gun is up the entire time you're still in fights and in battles so i think that's a really great mechanic they need to look at a little more um ads you probably these are the easy ones where i feel like we're going to agree immediately on uh ads what do you think uh, I, I agreed with what you said to San. Uh, yeah. Give give the scope for the visual purpose, but don't change the balance of the weapon when yeah. it shouldn't be. You know, like the shotgun, the scatter shot, just sitting in snipe hole on Halo Five and zooming down and bouncing out shots. There's just yeah. watching people do that. I I it it was cringy. It was just like this game is bad. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think ADS, yeah, don't give advantages to guns that it doesn't make sense to have advantages to. You can scope them in just for the process of lining up a shot or whatever, but you don't need the extra advantage uh, for those guns that aren't meant to be used in that way. Uh, hit markers, what do you think there? Um, shooting hit markers are fine. Take out grenade hit markers for sure. Yep. Just gives you too much information for no risk. You know, I, I shouldn't be able to scout out a base. If, they're, if a player's making a good enough play to take their time and hide they shouldn't be punished because I threw a nade and now, now I know they're there for certain, you know, like I could throw the nade thinking they're there, but it's yeah. still my job to go in there and clean up the kill, you know, but now the grenades telling you that they're for sure there. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are things that like these things that we're talking about, I feel like, 99% of the competitive community has to agree with stuff like this. Like, it's an easy switch. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder if, if you know, and we'll see that with the next game when things come out and, and we're constantly trying to have some back and forth communication. We'll see if they these are things that they s switch almost immediately. But, um, but yeah, so hit markers, I agree there too. Nate hit markers give you a lot of important information that, you know, you shouldn't really deserve. Um, weapon spawns and timers. So, like, we talked about the idea of uh, the power weapons being like a beacon in Halo 5 that everybody knows about, but then it kind of forces is, you know, everybody's prepared, but then it kind of takes out. <laughs> I see from your facial uh, expression right there. Yeah, I, I facepalmed <laughs> when they started doing that and what, like, reach where they would add the timers of where the weapons are spawning. And I thought it was like the newbiest thing. It's just like, it just takes out a skill of the game. It hard part of the communication in Halo is like, 
hey, we know this timer's coming up. Let's go over here and get set up for this weapon. But, hey, now everybody knows, you know. It's like take out the advantage of the team that's communicating well, you know. Now everybody's just getting a pop-up alert. Hey, the rockets are coming up, you know. It's just it's yeah. new, new yeah. gameplay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and then I, I talked about uh, the one thing that I didn't really like in Halo 3 was just at least if you're going to do that, make the spawn time exactly consistent. So if the weapon's going to spawn in two and a half seconds, it spawns perfectly at two and a half seconds. So at least, you know, you don't have too much like, uh, I guess, you know, dynamic there. Yeah. The thing is, like the spawn manipulation type thing, like dirtying weapons ends up becoming a pretty high level skill in competitive play in Halo 3. Very high level. Right. And and it's something that I'm going to be talking about in my next video as well, actually. But what do you think uh, going onwards into Infinite? Is it something that you think would work well in the future of Halo? Like, I, I think it's rewarding for competitive players, but it's one of those things that, like, it wasn't intended. Yeah, that's it's, that's the thing. Like, that, I don't think that was ever intended. Like, they don't even know how to balance something like that, I don't right. think. And yeah. it's just... It's still kind of random, I feel like, especially it was definitely more random back in 30 FPS with the way you moved around, I think, mm. like the dirty time here. But uh, I've won games at tournaments because of my coach knowing how to dirty weapons. Like, yeah. I, I remember, like, I was playing a 42-42 pit TS with one minute left, mm. and one of my coaches tapped me on the shoulder, and, like, there's like, it was counting down to, like, the 47-second mark, and he's like, yo, rockets are going to be up in four seconds. And I was like, What? Like, yeah. there's no way. And uh, I went in there and the rocket spawned and we won the game. It was crazy. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely something definitely that... a skill, but I uh -huh. think they got to make it consistent. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's something that's so hard to immediately recognize in gameplay, too. Like, if you're super high level and you, you see a guy waiting on a weapon spawn, you're like, oh, shit, he dirty that weapon. But you don't really know, like, how long he's done it for, yeah. how he's affected the spawns. Only the team that did it really knows how it how it's affected the gameplay, and to everybody else, it's kind of invisible. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's not quite as gratifying um, on that side of things as well. Um, spawn system, uh, I talked with saying just like, you know, less player influence base. I think Halo 5 kind of had it right in a lot of ways, just kind of keeping going forward with with uh, the kind of system they had in place. What do you think? I think the original Halo 3 was much better than this version we have. I think there was like some type of danger spawn where like if you were shooting at somebody, like if per that person was under any type of pressure of dying or you killed them too quickly off their spawn, the rest of their team's not going to spawn there. For example, like on um, Pit, if you lined up your snipe perfectly for the courtyard spawn kill and you snipe mm -hmm. that guy perfectly black screened or whatever, that forced the rest of his team not to spawn courtyard because like the, the area became dangerous or whatever in the spawn system. Right. And they would spawn out. And it, that doesn't happen in this game. Like you can you can sit there and be on open street on construct and like the last guy be in front of you on closed street and your whole team sitting there pounding him and you sit there and wait. You can you can force spawn kills like in Halo One kind of it's, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually that's one of the things I wonder if anybody's ever attempted to get like a like a frame to frame comparison, like some sort of like high, high detail comparison on whether or not there's actually any kind of changes in spawns, because so many people are saying it just doesn't feel like the spawn system that we remember from Halo 3. But then 343 is saying it's the same, you know, other I testers. It, were I saying think it's, it's very similar. It's the problem that I'm Hard saying, like where people are like you shouldn't be spawning with your teammates as they're dying right and it happens a lot in this game like i said yeah. you can halo one people like we've done it a bunch like hey last guy's oh two let's leave them there and like force them all to spawn and let's kill them all again yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah 
I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, if, like, if there were any kind of changes there. And it would be interesting to see if somebody could, like, figure it out in detail, and then we could kind of iron that out. But yeah, so so definitely that aspect of the Halo 3 spawn system that we've been seeing recently, uh, we don't want in the game, right? So yeah. just kind of get, getting rid of that. And yeah, I think they're on the right track with spawn system as far as what they've been doing so far. And I think it'll be easier to manipulate and kind of take advantage of spawns, understand them when you do kind of have a game that makes more sense uh, mobility-wise too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and overall, like the, the final kind of question on this was just so... There's always that burning question of if you're removing mechanics, you don't have things like that in Halo. How do you continue to innovate, revolutionize competitive Halo? Um, where is the innovation coming from? Does there need to be innovation, um, or is it not conforming as a form of innovation in a way? Uh, we had talked about connecting with the community was the biggest thing. What do you think? I I think sticking to the core gameplay. You have uh, the, so many Halo fans, like you said, that just grew up on this game, and I think the MCC was one of the most hyped releases of a game and I think could have brought Halo back to where it was. Like I remember like talking to so many people from school, just random people where they were like, hey, I'm going to go buy an Xbox because NCC was coming out. Yeah. And uh, the game was just broken, you know? I think that was why people didn't like H2A because it was on the MCC disc, you know? It was the, literally a broken game. You could not play it consistently. Yeah. So, I just think sticking to the core Halo mechanics is the way to go, not implementing new things over and over again. Just make a good core Halo gameplay a game. It's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's definitely a great point. I'm going to go with the side that I don't think they need to go all the way back to classic core. I think they need to hybridize the mechanics. There's still a place for advanced movement in this game that I think works. But in the end of the day, regardless of whether or not they go all classic, they go all advanced, they go hybrid. It's about the community and the the, the conversation that's that's ongoing, right? Whoever they hired as their their director and player voice, and, and you know, having that that continued connection with the community, and and they continue to update the game and fix it. So even if it is Halo Five in the the state that it was when it launched then they like very quickly make the fixes and changes that the community is asking for to get it to you know its final update form in just a few weeks time or whatever you know rather than years time right um yeah so i think that's that's the biggest thing that we can agree on the community shapes the game in the end of the day guys so if the community is saying positive things and you know the community is getting what they want then i think in the end of the day you'll have a successful franchise so i agree with that yeah man uh yeah so that covers everything i wanted to talk about today thank you so much for coming on man do you have any shout outs where can we find you online i don't ever see you live streaming by the way is that something you ever see yourself doing uh, i've been streaming a bunch lately okay Push. i'm TV an asshole slash Aries I'm so sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, i i've actually haven't been streaming like them that much in the like since the before, winter series yeah. or whatever okay okay but before that yeah i was not much of a streamer uh but yeah i've been playing a bunch on stream you can follow me at twitch.tv slash aries carries Shout out to my parents. I love y'all. And thanks for having me, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Hope y'all had a good time. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. I think in the end of the day, guys, the question comes down to you in the chat. What do you guys think should be the the settings for competitive Halo? Where do you think the future of the franchise should go? Did you like the points, the conversation that we brought up today? I think there were a lot of great things discussed between both Saiyan and both Ares. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. Let's continue the conversation, the discussion ongoing, because, of course, we'll be bringing this back with future people that I have on the show in the future interviews, of course. Remember, guys, you can support the show by checking out our merch as well. Nick, throw up the merch. 
there it is. Remember, all the merch that you purchase here not only supports the show, but it supports me as well, and I would highly appreciate that, guys. That closes our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be back next week with more Halo. <laughs>